What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. easy for content creators to stay relevant. Audiences are unpredictable, trends shift, and memes get stale. But Sammy Sage knows how to beat the odds. As Betch's co-founder and chief creative officer, she's been churning out relevant, relatable content for over a decade and shows no signs of slowing down anytime soon. In fact, she's really just getting started. She's expanding Betch's famously irreverent content into new categories and onto new platforms and bringing it to new audiences in the process. Needless to say, I'm so excited to chat with Sammy about how she's leveraged memes to cultivate a community of 43 million people tapped into a new Gen Z audience and so much more. Without further ado, let's get right into it and welcome to the work party, Sammy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It is great to be talking to you again. It's definitely been a few years. So I'm thrilled that we got to chat. We're still here. We're still kicking. You are one of the OG ladies of the internet. I feel like you are too. Like, um, you know, I feel that, you know, media has, has changed so much since, you know, the early 2010s and to see kind of, you know, what everyone's doing now, how these different companies have evolved has been, has been really just such an experience and so interesting to, to witness. But I totally agree with you. And I actually think the people who have, to your point, iterated, grown, changed are the ones that are sort of on the scrappier side, you know, like us. And what we've been kind of doing is like, we started as kind of this idea that turned into something that we probably both didn't think would be as successful as it was, but we were able to really like move and groove with like what was happening on the internet versus like a larger Hearst or Cotty Nass, who's kind of like has to go through a board and all these different things. So let's get right into it. So as you mentioned, you launched Betches a decade ago, which is a major milestone. So congratulations on that. How has it evolved from like day one? I remember the New York Times. Was it a New York Times article you guys had? 
that was our like first big press where we revealed yeah. who we were behind the anonymous anonymous yes. blog yes. that was Betches. Yeah. So this was like Gossip Girl style. So there was this was like a moment in time on the internet where there was a lot of accounts that like were memes or like versions of people and but no one knew who was behind them so yes so I I remember when this happened so can you walk us through this so even before that what we actually started was a blog called Betches Love This which is was a fun joke project we were like just kind of doing like for fun. You know, we wanted to sort of, we, we thought we were, you know, funny and we love to make jokes and write. And when we started it, we started a blog that was really just satirizing the people around us. And that went extremely viral, which is ultimately what like positioned us to take it even anywhere else. This was happening as we were graduating college and, you know, we had, gotten in touch with a book agent. And that was kind of like our next who encouraged us to like, keep writing, keep blogging. We were anonymous that whole time or like mostly anonymous, you know, to the general public. Then that turned into, and ultimately the New York times article came out like sort of around that book, but we have, you know, we've really changed. We were doing a lot of long form writing, a lot like heavy satire writing, which I don't know if like the internet even can like accept satire anymore. Um, but yeah, no, then we, we started the Instagram also in 2011, but Instagram wasn't big. Like we weren't really posting on it that much and it wasn't, you know, the platform it is today or even what it became in like 2014 or 2015. So we had the Instagram, we were sitting on the name. And then when memes were like, you know, that was obviously a huge way people were using Instagram. That's what we started getting into. And, you know, it was all part of the company that was Betches. Amazing. I mean, (laughs) yeah, it is Betches. How did you know? I mean, you said you're right out of college. You're a group of friends. When were you guys like, this is a company, this is a business. Like when did that happen? Was it the book deal that kind of catapulted that? It wasn't like one day, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was always sort of like, okay, we're going to keep going. We have more opportunities. Like we're going to keep going. We weren't making money. Like we didn't have money for ourselves for years, you know? So it was, you know, out of the company, you know, so it was, yeah, we, we just kept kind of seeing like, oh, this book deal. And then we're writing the book. Obviously the book deal is not going to like pay your rent for three people in New York city, you know, a first time book deal. So yeah, no, there wasn't one moment. It was like, okay. So we started to monetize the website with like, you know, programmatic advertising, you know, then we, Instagram was really where we started to like make a lot of money because that's where brands were, you know, interested. But originally we were selling like the website and yeah, it wasn't, there was no like one day when we were like, this is, Oh, it's going to be a business now. And here's our business plan. Like totally, it was, we were just really trying to take as many opportunities as we could do as, you know, we're all creative. So make as high quality content as we could. And later on the opportunities to make money and like, you know, have employees really started coming, but it definitely took like a long time to get there. So it was not like, and even once we were a business, it wasn't like, Oh, we're like a stable business. You know, we have all this investment, you know, we never took investment. So, you know, I know you didn't. Yeah. Super important to talk about. So you guys are completely self-funded from day one, which is incredible for a media company. So for people out there listening, like this is not normal, especially these days. Like now it's like, if you're starting a company and not raising money, what are you doing? Right. Like, but back then, like we've talked about this, Sammy and I, 
that wasn't like on the radar for like these types of companies. Like it wasn't like, well, I'm going to go raise $10 million. It was just like, I don't know. I'm just going to keep surviving. Right. Totally. I don't think any, like, I mean, you see what the percentages of like female founders who receive investment money is like, I don't, not that we were in any place to do this, but I don't know of any large institutional investor who was going to give three girls straight out of college, like with a blog, millions of dollars to like do this Betches company that they didn't even, you know, you couldn't even see the future for it beyond (laughs) the website. I mean, we, we still have never taken money to this day. Like it's, there's something like wonderfully freeing and not having someone be like, Oh, are you spending my money? But at the same time, it causes a lot of stress because you have to run lean and that plays into the culture that you're able to provide for your employees. You have to run lean. You have to like, you can't obviously pay yourself a ton of money. Like you have to like stay very reasonable. We could never just like start an app and put like a hundred thousand dollars into an app because like if that app failed, then we just put so much money into a huge project that like we don't immediately have a return on the investment for. So it really changes the way you run a company. But I honestly kind of think that it's like the real way that you run a company. Like, like you look at huge businesses like Uber and, you know, they allowed themselves to run at a loss so they could like take over the market. We didn't get to, you know, companies like ours, like we didn't get to just like run at a loss and then like investors would wait. Like, no, it was like every month you had to not run at a loss. It's crazy. Um, It's so true. Like there was this article that came out, I forget where, but it was basically saying like all of your favorite companies that you use and love every day bleed cash. Like they all don't make money. Postmates, Uber, anything that we're like, this is so convenient and amazing. It's like, they're not making money. Like, and it's funny because I think for so long, we should be clear. They're not making profit. Yes. Yes, exactly. They are making a lot of money. They're losing a lot of money. That's correct. Yeah. Thank you for that. But the thing that's interesting is like, as someone who like didn't go to business school, but grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, when I think of a business, I'm like a successful business makes money, meaning profit is a profitable business. Like that's what I think about when I think about a business being successful, but that's not the metrics of which society bases success these days. But it's so weird. It's so weird. Sometimes I'm like, how are you a business? Like, I get that you have cash to pay people, but like, how is this an okay business? The point of a business is that you earn extra money above what you paid. <laughs> like that's literally the fundamental point. And it, it it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. I think from a standpoint of like a founder of a company that is running this way, and you obviously can relate. It's like to see these huge companies with these valuations that they can't meet. And then they lay people off. And it's like, we've never laid anybody off. And we're so proud of that. Like, yeah, amazing. and we operate in a way that like, we hope to never have to lay anyone off. I just don't understand sometimes like how these companies have such high value, quote unquote, but they aren't actually making profit. Getting into the major leagues of retail is something many entrepreneurs dream about. Imagine walking down the aisle of a big box retailer like Target and seeing your product lining the shelves for consumers across the country to shop. It's one way to know you've made it. But what does it take to level up and make this dream a reality? No path is linear and there's no perfect leadership style to mimic, but connecting with the right network and finding the right mentor can make a world of difference. 
I feel so lucky to be surrounded by smart, driven, and talented people supporting my business, and not to mention my mentors who have been instrumental in my success. One thing I do wish I had as a rookie entrepreneur was the opportunity to join a program dedicated to forging those connections, just like the Target Accelerators program. Target offers the premier retail accelerator for startups, bringing together like-minded small business owners to learn what it takes to level up and navigate their business to mass retail. Over the course of several weeks, hand-selected business owners are given the opportunity to learn the ins and outs of retail by collaborating with industry experts, Target executives, and fellow entrepreneurs. Applications are currently open for two of their programs. The first is Forward Founders, which is dedicated to guiding early stage product companies. The second is Takeoff Beauty, a cohort aimed at helping beauty startups enter the big leagues of retail. With access to exclusive retail resources, each program is designed to challenge you to reach your full potential. If either of these programs sounds like you, apply now. Applications are open through November 14th. I highly recommend polishing your pitch deck ASAP because spots are filling up fast. So head to www.com targetaccelerators.com to learn more and apply. Trust me, this is a game changer for your business. Hey, I'm Allie Colbert. I'm a stand-up comedian, actress, and writer from New York City. And I'm Jackie Colbert. I have made my career as a comedian by using my insights and wit to make points. Funny points, but points. Look, I have good taste and too much common sense for just myself, so I'm going to share it with you guys. Okay, Allie, get over yourself. (laughs) And my younger sister and best friend Jackie is here to bring me back down to earth. Every Tuesday, Jackie and I are going to hang out with each other and some of our favorite people. And of course, respond to your questions and confessions. So send in your secrets. It's like church, but I'm Jewish and bisexual. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Subscribe, rate, review. You know the drill. I was so proud that we were self-funded and profitable. Like, and I was like to our PR team, I'm like, let's get that story out there. And they're like, oh, no one wants to write about that. (laughs) I was like, wait, Wait. like, well, honestly, I think there's something like so much more interesting in you know, I can think of a few other, um, examples of like people who I would say would be in like our cohort of like a small self-funded business. That is just like, I don't want to say just like a, like an honest small business, but like a true small business, you know, not like something that's like getting off the ground that hasn't established its audience or its customers, not something that's like has a million customers, but can't, actually turn a profit, like a real operation. I also feel like the reason that there are people, companies like ours is because no found, no investors wanted to invest in companies like ours. So, but in some ways I'm like a little grateful because getting invested in can destroy your company. Definitely. So yeah, I mean, I feel, I almost feel like it gave us the longevity. A hundred percent. I totally agree with you. And and you're absolutely right. So I think we're in this now, like kind of backtrack stage of where it was like, raise as much money as possible. So everyone was like raising $30 million and they didn't need $30 million. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? How are you managing? I always, I always always ask myself the question, like, okay, let's say we had $10 million. Like what would, what would we do with it? I'm thinking like, how could the three of us hire like a $10 million organization, like with no experience, going from zero to, to like to that number. But you know, now at this, at this point where like a totally different place, I'm talking about like 
early on. Early days. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. So now you guys have almost 8 million followers on Instagram. You have a million different Instagrams too. Like they're all, and they're all huge. It's amazing. You have a podcast network. Obviously I was just reading your newsletter about Kim and Pete Davidson. Like I'm keeping up. Like you've built this content empire, but how did you know how to start segging away from just the site and like launching these other businesses alongside of it, including merch and things like that? So, I mean, merch was, merch was basically second. We started our e-com shop in 20 or this iteration of our e-com shop because we did have like a previous that didn't succeed and we basically redid it. You know, the first one was in like 2013 and now the current iteration of shop batches started in 2015. Instagram was also growing huge in 2015. And ultimately we ended up making the bulk of our money off of Instagram. And then we were able to use that to fund more employees, more departments, um, and then just more initiatives. So that's when we got into podcasting and podcasting was actually sort of our first podcast was the batches podcast that the three of us hosted. And we just talked about pop culture. The next podcast we hosted was the UAP podcast with my co-founder Jordana and the comedian Jared Freed, which is our, it is our largest podcast to date. It's a dating podcast. And that was actually the beginning of how we started segmenting into verticals. And that was sort of like the first proof of concept that like we could have something for like one particular interest. And that could be an audience, like a, not a separate, but kind of step, you know, an overlapping audience within Betches that could also bring new people in because people want to know about dating specifically. That was kind of our first proof that we knew we could do other verticals. Then my co-founder, Eileen and I, who she's been on your podcast before, I think, or vice versa, um, has, um, been we on started yours, diet- been on mine. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we started diet starts tomorrow, which, um, which is like a wellness. And now it's sort of evolved into like a diet recovery, positive body acceptance, that kind of thing. So that was our second vertical and a second podcast, which then became a vertical. So from there, it was really just a matter of realizing that like our audience has segmented interests and the way to keep them engaged is to bring them in through the thing that they are engaged with. So like some people are really, you know, they are really into wellness and fitness and they, or they're working on their eating or whatever it is. So they're like a diehard DST member. They know, maybe they know DST is from Betches or maybe they came in through DST and they then learned that there is, you know, Bravo by Betches. And if you're a Bachelor fan, we have a podcast free for that too. So after wellness came the Betches Sup, which was news and politics. That was our first newsletter. And then that became a podcast. So it's really like, you know, the obviously like the political audience is very much its own piece. We basically like figured out how to segment the brand by interest, um, a little bit by demo, not quite as much more by interest. And then that has really like expanded our business because ultimately, like when I think about those, like in theory, each one of those could be its own mini business. Yeah. And I kind of like the way we look at it is like, we want them each to operate like that, like its own audience, its own revenue, its own e-com products, you know, the newsletter, the podcast. And within that, it's like creating like a mini batches for someone who cares about 
the bachelor or whatever it might be. So that was really like, that has been our like, you know, past, I would say two or three years worth of expansion. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, the internet is made up of niches and I feel like people find their audience and it's like micro audience kind of, um, you know, acceptance and things like that. And then it becomes macro when you have a big enough audience that's interested in wellness or the bachelor. So when you're, when you're looking at KPIs, like what do you look at to analyze? Like this is worth it. This is not worth it. So it's really a combination of growth and engagement, but I think like to us, the real emphasis is on engagement. Growth is obviously critical because that's just what the industry demands. But it's like, if you have growth without engagement, that's really not like what we're looking for. We're looking for simultaneous like growth, maintaining high engagement or growing engagement. There is like a little bit of a nicheness to it that we've always said, like engagement is our key thing, like the loyalty of the follower, the loyalty of the audience, the connection within the community and how we can like touch them at so many different points of their lives that has always, and keep them engaged has always been our priority. And I mean, just in terms of like how I evaluate from a qualitative standpoint, looking at, you know, cause I run the content team. So when I look at like what we're offering, what I'm trying to look at is like, Yes, we have the metrics for engagement that we will analyze, but what I'm looking for is like, are we offering either funny, like something funny, something honest, like either informational or an opinion? Is it helping? Is it valuable and unfiltered? And that is like really our like brand voice. And it's everything sort of has to fall into that. So it's like, it has to provide value. It can't just be, even if the value is just that you laugh, it can't just be like growth hacks because the engagement needs to be there because that's always been what we pride ourselves on. Mm. And that also kind of goes back to the like steady growth of a company for sure. kind of thing. Hey, Work Party listeners, we're pausing for a moment to give a shout out to one of today's sponsors, Array. A lot has changed over the last few years, but one thing I refuse to accept as a new normal is bloating, especially when it makes an appearance out of nowhere for no reason other than ruining the party. I recently had my friends over for a dinner al fresco party at my house and as much delicious food was included, I knew there would always be a price to pay when it came to bloating. In preparation, I decided to stock up on Array's bloat capsules. And just to clarify, they weren't all for me. I've turned so many of my friends onto this amazing remedy and need Needless to say, the entire guest list was prepped and ready to dive into the dinner guilt-free. I also love Array because their supplements are 100% natural, filler-free, and so simple to understand. They make prioritizing my well-being simple by solving the annoying problems I just have no time to deal with. Whether you've indulged a little too much at the dinner or it's that time of the month, being bogged down by bloat is the worst. The Array bloat capsules optimize digestion using five herbs and one fruit-based enzyme. It can be taken anytime before or after any meal, and you'll feel the results within an hour. Array bloat capsules were designed to give you the food freedom you deserve no matter the time of day, especially when you're just trying to enjoy yourself at a dinner party. As you guys know, I'm a big foodie and love trying new recipes, but I'm always hesitant to see how my body might react. With Array, I can plan ahead and actually enjoy each bite without worrying about the discomfort of bloating after. So next time you're prepping for a party, go to Array.com, enter code WORKPARTY at checkout for 10% off a one-time purchase or 25% off your first month's subscription. That's Array.com, A-R-R-A-E.com. To your point, has to be funny, has to have all these things. And that's what the ethos of the business has always been. How do you scale that from a team perspective? Like, how do you ensure everything is feeling like on brand, on tone, all those things? 
that is something that is like managed at so many different points because it comes, it's a hiring thing. You know, you want to, you know, depending on what the person's position is, particularly when it comes to the content team, you know, are they able to like create content that aligns with the brand? Then you're looking at training. Like you're looking at when we onboard people, we have brand guidelines. We have, you know, documents of like, we don't use this word. We do use this word. We don't, you know, this is not how we will market a sale or something like that. Um, so that comes down to like training and like each, you know, obviously it's a process onboarding a new account manager or something like that. But, um, it really comes down to like the amazing team that we have, um, of people who really are, I hate the word like loyal, but like they, they feel aligned with the brand and they're able to create content that, you know, really makes us proud. And we feel is true to like that original vision. Absolutely. So there's this now interesting thing and it's happening at Crane Cultivate too. And I'm curious to know how you guys are straddling it is like Gen Z versus millennial, right? Where you have this audience of women who are probably like a me who's 36, 37, like engages in the content, loves it, kind of grew up with the OG internet. And then you have like the 23 year old who is also on the internet and wants content, but consumes it completely differently. How are you straddling the bridge? I mean, it's truly a different generation. Like they're not like us. Yes, <laughs> Sorry, any Gen Z or anything might be listening. <laughs> um, I mean, when it comes to that, it's like we do not want to in any way abandon our audience, like who's grown up with us. You know, that's how we've been able to start some of these verticals. Like brides we launched when like we were getting married moms when like Aileen just had a baby and was getting like, we've grown with our audience and we do not in any way want to like abandon or let them down. So it's not about changing what we're doing. It's about, I think, adding new things. So hiring people who are younger and can like keep us informed. I mean, I hate what is happening. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, hiring younger people, talking to them so that you actually like understand what's like up with the psyche. Cause it's very different. I'm on TikTok a lot. We are on TikTok as a brand. We're looking at hiring like more Gen Z creators, working with more Gen Z talent. And yeah, I mean, it comes down to outsourcing talent because I'm not becoming a Gen Z person, you know? So it really is just, you know, expanding. And, you know, I think some of the internet properties that I like respect the most, like I look at New York magazine and I'm like, I love all of their different properties and not every property is for me. And that's okay because, you know, it's still under that brand. And I do think there is a place for Gen Z within the Betches brand. And you notice that, or at least I've noticed that, you know, it's a very political generation. So there's a lot of Gen Z followers who follow this up and that, you know, it doesn't really require as much of a, an adjustment in that area. Cause you're just talking about like the events. So yeah, I mean, it really is just like a question of finding like the right place, the right people, the right talent and keeping up, talking to the youth, like what's going on guys? What are we into? Let's talk TikTok. So TikTok obviously exploded on the scene. And obviously you remember Vine when that happened and it was like, everyone was on Vine and then Vine shut down. Not that I think that's going to happen with TikTok, but like, it's a risk. It's a risk. Anytime there's a new platform. So tell us about your TikTok strategy. Are you guys making money off that? Like what's been the experience? So we're just starting to get into branded on TikTok. You know, obviously like there is a whole TikTok community that is like primarily TikTok. For a while, I was a little worried that TikTok would be like taken away and like, is it worth investing in? But like when it was originally Musical.ly, 
I remember going on musically and thinking like, oh, this is the next one. This is what's going to be after Instagram. Just we got to do it. People actually like years ago in the office made fun of me that I was like, what's our musically strategy? <laughs> and they're and like, it's still kind of a joke to this day because everyone's like, oh, Sammy, when is musically going to get really big? And then TikTok bought them or whatever. And TikTok is li- I'm like, I told you, like, I literally I I went on the platform and I was like, this is next. And yeah. So we are, you know, we're using it. The, the, the answer to the algorithm is you use it many times a day, use it natively. Don't try to like, you know, we will have videos that go viral, even if they're repurposed. But I think the key on that is to be native to the platform, using it, how the people on the platform use it, using their fonts, using their like sounds, using just staying with it as what it is. Um, and I just really hope it doesn't go the way of like Snapchat, the way Oh, you know, with oh reels, God, like, Snapchat. I forgot about that too. Yeah. TikTok is just its own beautiful it's, platform. It is. I never got into Snapchat. I never got either. into mine. I was very apprehensive about TikTok. I was like, I am not going to get into this. But I, and to your point, it's a lot of comedy. It's so funny. Like it cracks me Fun. up. It's, I'm like here for clean talk. Like I love the cleaning tips. I want the food tips and I want the funny. Like that's what I'm here for. And I love it. The I dancing, learned- I could like, you know, whatever. I don't get any dancing because I don't really care. I get like history lessons and like funny sketches. And I'm like, this is so funny. And you can do anything you want. And what I love about it is that it is raw. Um, I think for a while there was like all this long form, very polished, high production value content. And that's what put a lot of businesses out of business because they were like fancy studios. We were always like raw cuts. Like, you know, you can make a funny sketch without like, spending thousand dollars each time. And, you know, and that's what I love about TikTok is that you can do anything on it. It's like so whimsical and staying native to that platform, I think is what, you know, is Mm -hmm. always sort of what I'm always like telling the team, like do those trends, do that. Those voiceovers, like don't, put don't try to do Instagram for TikTok. Hey, we're pretty listeners. We're taking a quick pause to shout out one of our amazing sponsors, Fight Camp. It has taken some major motivation and repetition over the years, but I finally love working out so much so that I truly cannot start my day without incorporating it into my routine. There's something so invigorating about waking up and having the opportunity to try something new every single day, whether it's a new class, workout style, instructor, the options available nowadays are endless and it's definitely keeping me going. I'll always love Pilates, but lately, I've been really into kickboxing. Of course, we all want those toned, refined, girly biceps that look so good in a sleeveless dress, but kickboxing is also an incredible cardio and strength training workout that builds endurance. I've always just been too intimidated to try it in a gym setting, to be honest, but now with Fight Camp, I can bring the kickboxing gym to my own backyard. Fight Camp is perfect for anyone wanting to try something new in a space where they feel most comfortable. I'm on my way to mastering the kickboxing technique without any pressure or intimidation. Fight Camp is a full at-home kickboxing experience, punching bag included. Their classes were developed to meet the needs of any levels, from beginners to experienced boxers. Six highly qualified trainers with real fighting experience offer several paths to follow with over a thousand classes offered. So you never really get bored. Plus, they teach the most important skills by pushing you through a high intensity workout. So not only is it a workout, you're gaining techniques needed to build a stronger body and mind. A Fight Camp subscription comes with all the gear needed to box from home, including a freestanding punching bag, boxing gloves, and quick hand wraps. 
And for all you newbies like me, FightCamp provides real-time data through their own unique punch tracking sensor so you can track your progress, work toward guided goals, and see exactly how you're improving over time. They even challenge you to hit a minimum amount of punches each round. It's no secret I love little competitions, so I absolutely love using this feature myself. FightCamp brings the best workouts in the world into your home and makes it fun. Now is the best time to get your FightCamp on. Take advantage of their holiday deals going on now. If you purchase this November, you'll get an additional pair of gloves free. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash work. To get an additional pair of gloves for free all November, go to joinfightcamp.com slash work. That's joinfightcamp.com slash work. If you're ready to try something new, sign up for Fight Camp and join me on this journey. Let's talk about, you know, 10 years creating a media company, self-funded, not easy. What were some of the lessons that you learned along the way? Like emotional lessons or like business emotional lessons? business lessons. I guess okay. we'll do one of each. One of each. Okay, business lessons is like I literally learned how to run a business. Like all that stuff we were talking about in the beginning, like about how like you actually need to like just make more money than you spend. And like I feel like in the beginning I felt like oh my god, there's so much. Like how can we do anything without money? Like we need to spend more than than we're making. And what I learned is that like you actually depends what business you're in, but we're in a content business and in a content business, the product is what comes out of your brain. So honestly, like learning that, like learning how to be scrappy, how to like figure something out without like outsourcing it or, you know, when you have no choice, you just kind of figure it out. Like, and also, and just to speak to the emotional side of this, I'll combine them. If you're starting a business, like, and you have no business education, like you're not going to know what to do. And you're going to be confused and it's going to take you years to feel safe and settled in what you're doing. And that's okay because no one knows what they're doing. Even the people at like Google, they don't know what they're doing. Like no one knows what they're doing. They're just pretending. And you, (laughs) and, and that's not true. I feel like I do know what I'm doing a lot of the time, but I didn't for a long time. And sometimes I still don't. And you figure it out and that's okay to feel lost. Like that feeling of being lost is like get comfortable and in, in it. Cause it doesn't have to be bad. It can just be like the feeling that you have when you're working through something. Totally. And I, I look, which I hate it's, uncomfortable. I, it's the worst. <laughs> it's truly the worst. It's operating with no safety net. But the reality of the situation is, is to your point, like we can make a joke five years ago, like no one knows what they're doing. And like, but at the end of the day, there was some predictability to business that is out the window now. Like no one saw 2020 coming. No one saw like there's TikTok now it's work from home. We're on zoom. Like the whole business world has changed. And even with like create and cultivate what worked in 2019 does not work in 2021. And that's wild. That's not normal for business life. So there is some longevity and, and sort of normalcy in the way businesses operate that is out the window now. So everyone's scrambling. I also, I also really have to commend you for doing this as a solo founder, because like in those times when we have to pivot, like that's a time when I'm just in constant conversation with Aileen and Jordana, constant contact. Like, what do we do? What do we do? You know, figuring it out and like having someone to bounce that off of, like, how do you even like, what do you do? Who do you ask? Um, I cry a lot. No, I have, I mean, look, I feel like, if I could do it over again, I probably would have done it with co-founders for sure. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that. But that being said, I got a really amazing career coach like three years ago. 
And she is my person that I'm like, like about everything. And look, she doesn't have the answer. She's not day to day on the business. So it's a different type of thing, but like to get through those moments, like you need that. And it's really, really hard when basically the buck stops with you and every decision you make, is like on you. And if you fuck up, frankly, it's like, that's on you. And even if you don't fuck up and your team fucks up, that's still on you. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's definitely challenging, but on the flip side, there's also challenges of having co-founders. So you guys have been together forever um, and had a really successful partnership. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, the wildest part of this to me is that we did this during like the most tumultuous decade that we've been through our twenties. And during that period, like the three of us grew into ourselves and the fact that we were like able to run this business, figure out who we each were, who we are as friends, that was like the hardest thing, like those growing pains of like growing up and like figuring out like who you are versus like, who would you be if not for this business? And like, who are we in relation to each other? And like figuring out our roles took so long. Like we're all creatives. None of us are business people. And like dividing that, you know, figuring out how to not step on each other's toes as we're growing up, because when you're younger, you're like more like tight with your friends. Like you're more like, we're all a little group. And like, it was easier to be that, like, you know, we're this like, you know, trio, but as you are like older and you each need to take responsibility for different areas, like that separation. And while still trying to like be together is definitely like a lot of emotional moments and like Mm -hmm. misunderstandings that you need to talk through and things that you don't want to bring up, but then you like have to bring them up later and, you know, figuring out how to like communicate. Honestly, we did see a coach like about two or three years ago. And that was really helpful. Like in working through like a lot of things being upfront with each other. Cause it's like your friends. So you can like say anything, but you also really don't want to hurt each other, you know? So there's like this weird dynamic that you would never have it with just co-founder co-founders where it's like, we have so many layers to this. And then we're just like three in a group of friends. So it's like the three of us then within the group and then figuring out like, where does friendship begin? Where does company end? Like, if I'm acting like your friend in a, at a bachelorette party, how do I then act like your partner when I disagree with you on Monday? Totally. You know, it's, we talk about it like a three-way marriage and we've been married for 10 years. <laughs> it's like really wild. Yeah. Hey all jumping in here for a moment to share something new from one of our sponsors. 72% of Americans report being tired every day, but when was the last time any of us took a nap? I love a good Saturday afternoon snooze as much as the next person, but as a business owner, I feel so guilty for allowing myself to fall asleep midday. A power nap helps you reset your body and brain to unlock the energy you need, which is why I love Napjitsu. They're committed to changing the culture around resting by empowering your power to nap. Napjitsu's natural supplements were made by people who know how it feels to be busy and tired. Their patent pending formulas have natural ingredients like B vitamins, guarana, and ginseng to help give you a boost of energy without the crash later. Each Napjitsu product provides brain boosting nootropics to unlock steady energy right when you need it. And the result is your peak performance all day long. Even on weekdays, I'm struggling to decide whether or not I should grab an afternoon cup of coffees. That's extra cup will get me through my 4 p.m. meeting, but there's a big chance I'll just be up all night. 
It's tough balancing that always on mentality, but Napjitsu's time release caffeine supplements keep your energy steady throughout the day. And if you're worried about caffeine affecting your sleep like me, their capsules will provide long lasting energy to ensure you experience deeper sleep when it's time for bed. No more tossing and turning or creating a to-do list on the ceiling above your bed. Plus the supplements are packaged into small packages. You can take them with you wherever and whenever you might need them for an energy boost, flights included. Whether you need to experience a deeper sleep or unlock immediate lasting energy, each Napjitsu product is designed to help you achieve your optimal performance. Rest up and level up with Napjitsu. For a limited time, receive 30% off your first purchase when you go to napjitsu.com party. Take on your week with a full supply of energy without the cost of well-deserved rest. Go to napjitsu.com party for 30% off your first purchase today. That's napjitsu.com party. So many partnerships break up that, you know, we hear about, it doesn't go well because of the lack of communication and not being on the same page. But, um, I think it's great that you guys have been able to figure out, you know, the identity politics of it, of like, who am I within this company? Who am I outside of this company? What is our friendship? Like, like those are all important questions to ask yourself. Yeah. And, and I do just want to say, like, I'm talking about it now as if like, Oh, like it's, you know, we figured it all out, but like, it doesn't end. Like Aileen just had a baby. Like that's a, you know, Jordana and I will like probably do the same in the next sometime in the next decade, you know? So it's like, you know, there's that you become a different person when you have a child and you're now a mom who's balancing your career. And that is like, you know, I'm not saying that we've even had like, that hasn't even like come up yet. Aileen's on maternity leave, but like, I just know, like, how can I expect that? Like, she wouldn't be you know, dealing with a new set of things, you know, and to treat her the way, like I treated her in July is like, it's just a different, you know, sort of just like easing into everything. And like, like, I'm sure anyone listening, just imagine like how uncomfortable you feel when you have a fight with like your friend or your boyfriend and like the challenges of working through those things. Like that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. While going through life stages together, it's crazy. And like going from zero to 40, like almost 40 employees. So the management, I really, I'm like, how the fuck did this happen? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's how all the best businesses are, but you guys are building this empire. It's amazing. It's constantly growing. What's next on the horizon for Betches? So without giving too much away, because I'm not able to like fully delve into this yet, but next year we are launching something really exciting. I'll just say you can hold it in your hand. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It could be anything. It literally could be anything. I'm like, can I hold a TV in my hand? Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) No, you can't hold a TV. Yeah. yeah, yeah, A little too big. A little too big. I mean, maybe like the early nineties. Yeah. Exactly. Like a little baby. That's because we're millennials. Gen Z wouldn't get that joke. Yeah. They would not get that joke. I make so many eighties movies references that everyone's like, Pretty in what? I'm like pink, pretty in pink. Yeah. Watch it. Duh. <laughs> um, amazing. All right. Let's do some rapid fire sentence finishers. The three traits that got me to where I am today are creative, determined, and vision. Ugh, I don't want to say visionary, but like I really no, saw the possibilities yes. that like we could be. Maybe it's like delusionally hopeful. It's like more than visionary. AKA visionary. I mean, I think those are one in the same. Um, The best career advice I'd ever received is. Trust your gut and stop caring what people think, which I know is probably such like counterintuitive advice. Cause it's like, what does your gut know? But it's like, you know, your business better than anyone knows your business. That's true. Uh, My favorite background music to listen to while working is. Oh, podcasts. Yeah. What's your favorite besides one of the Betches ones? 
Oh my gosh. I, I jump around a lot. Like I really, some, like I don't have a favorite. Yeah. I really jump around. Like sometimes I'll listen to like TV recaps. Sometimes I do politics shows like crooked and whatever. Like I honestly, I just kind of like pick whatever is like hitting me that day. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. And my go-to happy hour drink when I'm out with my coworkers. Hmm. It depends on the season. If we're summering, it's an Aperol spritz. If it's a winter, maybe a red wine mm. um, or Mila. like a margarita, yeah. a delicious margarita, a delicious yeah. margarita. Well, thank you so much, Sammy. Uh, where can everyone follow you as well as all things fetches? You can follow me at Sammy on Instagram at Sammy Sage says on TikTok since we're doing that yes. um, at Betches, obviously. And then we have so many verticals. Like it depends on your interests. 4, yeah. yeah. Go to Betches.com. Check out all of our podcasts. We have so many. I'll just plug this one. Although I host a number of podcasts. I host a five minute morning news update podcast called the morning announcements. I break down the news in five minutes and there's like, I add comments and jokes and you know, it's not like a boring, you know, just reading the headlines. Like I tell you the headlines. In a oh my God. I love that. I'm going to subscribe yeah. immediately. And you can avoid reading the news. Just listen to me for five minutes in the morning or less. And I love it. Yeah. And you're a great follow on Instagram. Um, Thank you. I try to put funny shit on my story. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And um, where can everyone follow you on Musical.ly? Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> that'd be my TikTok. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Sammy. Thank you, Jacqueline. This was so fun. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. 